All righty. Good morning, Court. How are you doing this morning? Fantastic. Any better, I'd have to be twins. How about you, my friend? I'm doing great, brother. Doing fantastic. Uh, Well, man, I am just super excited for us to connect again. Um, You know, on our our venture here and in talking about engagement matters and what goes into engagement. And, uh, you know, the last time we spoke, we, we kind of asked each other a question and, uh, you know, one of the topics that, uh, I had brought up or a question mark was communication without prejudice. Mm. And so I would love to get your thoughts on, on that statement. What's that mean to you? Man, it's, it's, there's a lot wrapped into that. Right. Um, especially now in this political climate, we won't go there, but, you know, prejudice is kind of on the tip of a lot of people's tongues. And, but I think the word's a lot broader than just a racial uh, connotation to prejudice. I think, you know, essentially prejudice to me means, um, you know, the, the, the context only I understand. Okay. And, and so, you know, when I think about like, as it relates to coaching, Prejudice, in my opinion, would be, for instance, you know, thinking I already understand the motivation, the issue, the roadblock, whatever you may think, you know, I already know all the facts. So I'm just going to dig right into a coaching conversation and attack that. So I was prejudiced to the point that I thought I already knew the facts without really going and validating that. And, you know, it's as simple as so what I see from here is X, Y and Z. Is that lining up with reality? Right. And sure. it's, it could be, but it, it might not be. And if we're coaching to what we think are the issues without validating that we could be missing the mark. So um, I, I think that's just off the cuff. Yeah. How I would uh, interpret prejudice in this way. No, I, I, I like it. Right. And you said something there at the end, uh, you know, where you almost asked a question, mm. right. Where you're asking that question. Am I on the mark? Right. But as a coach, it takes some vulnerability to say, maybe I am off the mark, right? Help me understand. And if I am, it's okay to let me know where yes. that is, right? And I think sometimes as leaders or coaches or, you know, heck, even in, you know, a husband-spouse relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in really any relationship is, no, I know the answer or I know the, the reasoning behind this. And I think it takes a place of vulnerability to understand that. Maybe I don't really know where this person's coming from or what they need, what they want. So, yeah. um, And and that's kind of a reflex, right? I mean, even as kids, one of the most frustrating things I deal with with a couple of teenagers (laughs) is when you have a teachable moment and, and you're, you're providing that teachable moment and all you're getting back is, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, if you knew we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? But that that's in all of us. And so I, I think even as adults, we trip over that a lot. It's funny how the things we recognize in others uh, that frustrate it, that right. frustrate us tend to be things, <laughs> right? Isn't that something? <laughs> yeah. And as you say that, it's funny because I think about times where I've even responded, I know, right? But you hit the nail on the head, like kids, when my kids say, I know, it just, oh my oh, gosh, it's like, yeah. no, you don't. Um, you know and one of the things you know when I think about you know the communication without prejudice right and and it's something that I don't know that it used to happen as much in the past but it just seems so prevalent today where we're all moving at this 
pace, right? Uh, COVID came in and really hit the pause button on travel and being face-to-face with folks. And now we have Zoom, but even then it's like, we're still looking at each other, but it's just different when you're you know rubbing elbows or being able to laugh in the same room, high five and whatnot. Um, but I think about like communication from an email standpoint or maybe a text message standpoint and how many issues come up by my preconceived thought of what this person is saying to me. And I can be completely off base and I see it on both sides of the fence, right? I know how I respond to certain things and I know how people respond to me. And that's where that thought process really came from. This, this statement came from me. So I'm curious from you, an example of when maybe the last time that you received a communication or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it happens a lot. I, I honestly, I, I'd say it's it's probably, it it probably happens more that um, intent and um, uh, messaging get you know um, messed up in or lost in translation, right? So, sure. you know, because we're we're so heavy in text and email and and direct messaging now, we all think that brevity is good. You know, especially in those, you know, gosh, I get my kids make fun of me for the way I text because I text in full sentences. And apparently that's like, you shouldn't do that, dad. Well, the reason I do that is because I don't want there to be anything lost in translation. I want a full thought conveyed. Sure. Right? At the end of the day, that saves time. It also saves um, it being misread. Uh, so to pick out one example might be a little difficult, but I can say, there have been numerous times where I've read a text from someone and assumed that they were being short or chilly with me for some reason. And I automatically thought something was wrong. So then I may ask, Hey, what's the matter with you? And there wasn't anything wrong. Now we're having a whole conversation about something that doesn't exist when we could have just communicated fully from the start and (laughs) saved all that time and confusion. So I've heard you say it a million times, um, just pick up the damn phone and engage, communicate. In sure. the t- it's kind of like my theory on flight. You know, if, if I don't have to fly outside of the country, I'm going to try to find a way to drive. Because by the time I get to the airport, go through two hours of security and standing in line and all the crap, right? A, a couple of different, uh, you know, stop points along the way and then getting out of the airport on the other end, you you probably could have gotten three fourths of the way there by car and had all the control. So it's the same thing. Like what we consider an old school way of doing things is, is really pretty damned efficient. And so I, you know, I get very long winded answer to a short question. I, uh, I think that the examples are all around us all, all day with all these little digital messages we get without seeing body language, without, you know, any context we're just having to come up with it on the spot it's dangerous no it it is and and it's interesting you know you think about let alone one-on-one communication say through a text or an email but then when you bring it to a whole entire group of people right (laughs) you got eight to ten people like it's amazing to watch how that can of worms can just explode sometimes right where it would have been so much more simplified just to pick up the phone and have an individual conversation Mm -hmm. because sometimes we just don't understand how 
our communication can derail somebody. Like when we think about the the, the business that we're in, in in the you know in the payment space, right? It's an emotional contact sport. Well, maybe not contact, but emotional sport, right? Yes. And it's so easy to have people going like without others knowing it, the momentum is starting to pick up and they're, they're moving towards their goal to where they want to go. And one simple message without understanding what's going on can derail people. Yeah. And so it's just something I've noticed that very, very careful with the messaging. Can this, is it simple enough where it's just very task related Hey, pick up, you know, like if my wife were to text me and say, Hey, can you pick up a gallon of milk and bread at the store? Very simple, right? Factual, just, there's no emotion in it. It's just, it's very, um, there's no gray area, right? Right. Versus a discussion. And all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, where did that come from? And it's just unnecessary, right? right. Where we can literally just pick up the phone. Well, and, and to your point on the group text thing, how annoying is it? to have, like you say, eight to 10 people in a group text, everybody needs to throw in their two cents or ask a question. So when your boss or whomever throws that out to the group, you know, for the next hour, your phone's going to be dinging away in your pocket, wherever you're at. So you either have to silent it and get back to it later. So it doesn't distract what you're doing, or you have to stop what you're doing and reply when you could have literally, to your point, had a very quick conversation, gotten to an understanding and already been to work on it. Um, It just, we think it's, it's solving all these problems and helping us be efficient, but really it's creating problems of its own. Right. And, uh, and we're forgetting how to communicate with each other. We're, we're getting really good at just barking. Right. Uh, you know? Yeah. No. And you bring up a great point, right? Like I know um, I can be critical uh, of processes and things. And I've, you know, I've been really trying to get, put myself in a reality check moment where is my, I know where my heart's at. I'm nitpicking and criticizing to get better, to make something better than where it's at today. Yeah. But I think that can also be exhausting to the receiver on the other end. Right. And so I'm being very cognizant of here's what is going really, really well. Here's the improvements. And I think sometimes you've heard me say this phrase, peel back the onion. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think no matter who you are, it's important that sometimes we just stop and, peel back the onion and think about our, our actions or our responses, our comments, right. and how that can be maybe portrayed. Yeah, no, so, you're right. It's so important. When you're on a journey, you have to understand the destination and what's waiting for you. Otherwise, what's the motivation to keep going in that direction against, you know, all of the circumstances and just life. Right. And so, sure. you know, when, when you, to your point, you know, when you're trying to be a change agent, it's important that everybody understands where they're headed and what's waiting on them there. And that you're not going to be able to communicate that in text. Um, you, you, that is something you really have to paint the picture. They have yeah. to understand their role in all of it. And, and so we talk so much about understanding your why. Well, sometimes it's just understanding the why, why we're doing this. And, here, and so when you can visualize all of that and you can see it all working together with well, a buy-in increases and the pushback decreases when you just say head east and i'll tell you when we get there good luck i mean you just you know (laughs) nobody can visualize what they're doing and what's the big deal why did we have to head east west was just fine 
So sure. that why that why is key. So when we're sharing whys with each other, it's it's important we take it to an organizational standpoint too. And those whys have to match, right? Yeah, you know, because if they don't, you got this disconnect, Big right? It, it's just uh, you know, the war room and the yeah. troops on the ground. Um, there's a big difference, I think, in the, the human spirit and the will to know we're going to keep pushing forward. No matter what, we're going to keep moving forward because there's something there's a belief in. That's right. And when you don't understand that, um, you might get 25% of the effort. Right. Right. That's uh, right. And again, it all goes back down to communication. Bingo. It's the, one of the things that we can control the most, right? That's right. Like how we communicate, we own it, we control it. That's right. And, and, and this, you know, th that is at the key of culture, which is a, you know, obviously an overused word, but really you think about it. Do you know of a, can you name a single successful, and let's just say sales culture, cause that's, that's our world. So a successful sales culture, can you name one that doesn't have an effective vision caster at its helm? And that, I mean, think about it. I, I, I can't even no. down to think about guys like Dan Price. Right. Um, and you, you think about gravity payments. Sure. Now, I don't necessarily buy into his vision. I don't I don't think everybody should make the same amount of money. I think CEOs deserve the you know, the comp that they've they've built. Uh, but, hey, he's got a vision. He's great at communicating it. And guess what? He's got a following of people that bought into that vision. Right. Um, and I guarantee you there probably aren't more than a couple of people in the ranks at gravity payments that don't buy in to Dan's theory. And so he has cast a very clear vision. Doesn't have to be bought into by everyone, but it damn right. sure has to be bought into by his folks. And he's done well at that. Yeah. And you bring up a great point, right? Just because we may not agree with something doesn't mean what somebody's doing and accomplishing isn't great. Right. Right. For gravity for its customers, for its employees, it's a great place. And sure. very vocal about the vision. Um, you know, and it's it's interesting. You bring up something, and I know we're kind of not really getting off topic, but I guess on topic. But think about LinkedIn, right? I mm -hmm. think about uh, you've got all these influencers out there that, you know, are giving advice and, and some great content out there, right? Yeah. But I'm also beginning to notice the companies that are getting it right. It's interesting to see when people start engaging about their sales culture, about their teammates, right. and it's not just them on this like path alone. There's a company, Aspireship, that I've yeah. been following, and it's pretty impressive to see the COO, the CEO commenting on one of their employees' content, highlighting those people. And to me, it's like a company like that is getting the engagement piece right. That you know, if they're doing a, on the outside in a public platform, a social media platform, could you imagine what the inside of those walls are and what those company meetings are and and how tight that communication is? Yeah. You don't find that. Like, and, and I try to find other companies that do that. They're few and far between on LinkedIn. Yeah. And it's yeah. just something I've noticed over the last couple of weeks. I'm like, why is this? That is freaking awesome. And I it love is. it. It is. And it's, it's, it's wild to me that we live in this time where literally being a genuine and vulnerable person allows you to stand out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that, 
it, it just seems odd. Now, you know, I, I live in Oklahoma and <clears throat> born and raised here, and we're known for being very friendly. Um, we're known for being huggers. You know, we're, we're, it's a different type of environment here. When I first moved to New York City in 1994, um, it was a, it was a, uh, uh, I mean, it was a bucket of cold water over my head. The first time I tried to lean in for a hug, um, <laughs> or just smiling at people walking down the street was like an affront to them. Like, what, what do you want from me? Why are you smiling? And it took me a while to figure out that my culture wasn't going to match with that culture. Now I ended up loving New York city, but I did change who I was so that I could fit there. When I came back to Oklahoma, it took me a while to kind of break that off and get back to just being myself and not worrying about what people think. Um, and ultimately that's, you know, that's the same thing inside of any organization. If you find yourself in a New York city organization, but you're an Oklahoma city kind of hugger. Um, I mean, you, you know, you, you, you really have some big questions to ask yourself um, about your authentic um, needs and, um, and if there's a match there, right? And so sure. maybe maybe if you find yourself in a position where the vision isn't isn't matching up with yours, um, you know that's um, like you say the places out on LinkedIn that that are doing a great job showing their culture, and you know th- those are the places to be hunting for, right? So no, agreed, agreed. Um, you know, so it's interesting how every time you and I talk, it, we, we start one place and we, we go to this other, but it's amazing how everything ties together. Right. So, you know, our, our theme, right. Like our uh, purpose of, of doing these is the power of engagement, right. Where maybe people aren't that engaged and maybe they'll pick something up to learn about themselves and, and how they communicate with others and, and truly become um, engaged with, those they care about, those that they work with. So whether it's work related or personal related. And I love that we started with communication, right? Because communication, I think is really the foundation where everything else can grow from. Right. Um, And sometimes it can be silent communication. If you're in that same room, (laughs) I think it's tough to do when you're not in the same room, but uh you know, it's uh, th- those cues, right? The body language, um, it, it, like you mentioned, right? Oklahoma, hugger. You go to New York, hugs. Nope, not happening. See you later, right? Uh, different environment, but that doesn't mean the different environments care any less, I guess, right. so to speak. So, um, and I love some of the, the, the things that came out of this communication. There's the vulnerability piece, Right. Uh, being vulnerable to ask the question, right? You're also making an effort to to do something that maybe you don't always do. Pick up the phone, right? It's okay to have a conversation, right? And That's I right. think it's important. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I, I love where where this goes, right? Me Digital too. Back to that's right. Well, let, let, let's leave, let's give a nugget here because yeah. I think there's um you know all of this we've talked about is important. But then, the, you know, the person watching this that's that's really looking for something um, to help them get better at this, uh, I want I want that person to have something to walk away with. So when you think about starting a, a coaching conversation that really gets the communication flowing and opens up the dialogue and drops the guard, sure. Um, 
that that can't be a conversation about your KPIs and your pipeline, right? That that's a different conversation. When it comes to these moments where you need to get vulnerable, <clears throat> sometimes it's hard to think how how do I even start this conversation without it being super awkward? <clears throat> and somebody shared with me a few years ago the most perfect question for that very point, getting a conversation going. And Jeff, you may remember this from our time working together under the same logo. I, I, I tend to start every single one-on-one with the exact same question. What's on your mind? Yeah. That's it. What is on your mind? And just be ready to roll with randomness. Um, and matter of fact, the more random the conversation, the better it is for, for that moment of connection. That works with my kiddos. Anytime I'm alone with either of my kids, what's on your mind today? What's going on? What you thinking about? What you dreaming about? Um, but that what's on your mind really opens up and, and it, it, it can also kind of throw them off their guard. Like they came prepared to talk about KPIs and funnel and what's on my mind. Um, well, I'm a little bit stressed. What you stressed about? Right. And right. Now, now we can really, to your point, peel back that onion. Uh, so, for you know, if that's helpful, I certainly didn't come up with it. Uh, so take it, use it in your next coaching session. And, and by the way, I would even say the first time you use it, be really vulnerable with it and let them know I'm going to try something new because I really want these conversations to get deeper. So I want to start all of our conversations with this question. If I ever miss that, thump me. Yeah. Thump me because this is important. It's more important to me to know what's on your mind than what's in your funnel. Yeah. And it's, you know, you really set the tone with that question, right? We've talked about this phrase before, um, you know, position versus permission. Boom. And it really validates that permission point. Uh, because I think really from an authentic standpoint of being a leader or being a coach, uh, you got to throw the position piece out the window sometimes because to really understand who you get to work with every day, you now are, you, it allows you to know them on a personal level. Um, it strengthens that relationship. And, uh, I love that question. What's on your mind? Um, So basic, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nothing I'm sticking that in my pocket and I'm going to start using that. So I can't wait to hear what, what you uncover with it. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Simple, right? Yep. What's on your mind. That's right. Easy, easy. And you get so much, uh, I think so much length out of that as well. So, yeah. and every time you ask it, it'll be a different answer. There's, you know, there's always something. Uh, we'll put one problem to bed and it's time to deal with another. That's life. Uh, but, you know, we get to choose who we do life with. So very somebody that gets chosen. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and I have, a, I guess, an ask of our audience to those who, who watch or listen um, to Engagement Matters. Um, what's, what's your takeaway on today's episode, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe do a little self, um, self-reflection. Um, ask that question, what's on your mind, right? Maybe even ask it to yourself, but uh, we'll love some feedback, right? An area that you really, really um, hung on to that you want to explore even more. Um, and what Cord and I will do is on our next one, so you can hit us up on LinkedIn, Cord Stockwell, Jeff Underwood, um, send us a message. What did you get 
out of this episode. Uh, and I think it'd be fair to say that we can take two questions out of what we're asked or comments, mm -hmm. highlight that person on our next episode cord, and we'll dive in to two questions that were asked and, uh, and look forward to, to hearing and, and feeling that participation from our audience. That's right. Cannot wait to see the interaction. Absolutely. Well, buddy, it's been a pleasure, uh, as always, to connect with you and uh, really, man, what a great topic, communication. It starts with that, right? Right. You got it. So, Well, let's get out there and put it to practice. We'll see all of you next week and hopefully in our direct messages on LinkedIn. Um, and you guys will help us create content for the next episode. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Remember, every once in a while, it's okay to take five. Engagement matters. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye. Bye.